Trainers who already received the Gladion's Pants avatar item from the rank 20 rewards will not receive another. And apparently nothing else as well. You're just out of luck, bucko. Sorry. Not even like 500 Stardust, like something. Yeah, and like, here's, uh, here's 50 Poker Coins. Come on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Anything? Anything? <laughs> 10 Pokeballs. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Summer is just so much better with a little bit of GoFest season-ing. The PvP world is always evolving, but this is a bit more mega than usual. Mark your calendars, three new community days are coming. It's called Hedgehog Form, and nobody can change my mind. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 193. It's May 28th. It's a Saturday in the middle of the day. Uh, We did this pretty recently as well, and it still feels strange. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How you doing, man? Better than yesterday. Yeah. Our man Kyle here was a little under the weather this week. Uh, you were a little, got a little sniffly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm better. I'm not 100%. That's for sure. All right. Well, good. Good to have you still amongst us. Uh, I was not interested in going on the hunt for a new co-host, despite how often and willing I am to throw it as a threat your way every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, I would be lost without you, Kyle. So we're we're happy to have you here, even if we are recording late this week. Uh, we, We did intend to record on Tuesday. But we had just gotten back from uh, a, a really wonderful time in Minneapolis for our meetup. Actually, it's technically it's Bloomington. We were at Mall of America. Uh, and it was great. So thank you to all of you again. I know I've said this like 15 times, but thank you to all of you that came out and made that event extra special. It was a lot of fun for our like first real destination meetup. Uh, Kyle and I are, are very thankful. Kyle, anything you want to say about it? Uh, anything in particular that was like a highlight? Throwing axes was a was a good time. We yeah. we went to a barcade and we uh we threw axes at like ten thirty at night. It was great. It was a good time for me. It was mini golf on the fourth floor and just yelling at each other. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> My throat was sore for two days after that. <laughs> Some people lose their voices at like metal concerts. Kyle and I lose our voice playing mini golf. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's just how it goes. <laughs> well, anyway, before we get ahead of ourselves or any more ahead of ourselves, I suppose, quick shout out to a slew of new patrons because we've been very lucky this week to be joined by uh, six wonderful new people. Starting from the top here, thank you to Dark Angel, Anne, Stacks33, Jake, plus one, I see you, buddy, Chris, and William. Thank you, everybody, so very, very much for uh, your patronage. And we're looking forward to getting to know you better in the Discord. I pretty much, I believe I've seen every single one of these individuals in the Discord already doing raids, talking, doing all that sort of stuff. So glad to see you. Uh, and more about Patreon and patronage at the end of the show if you'd like to learn more about that but mr kyle we had the meetup we had everything else but i think first and foremost what we should remember top of mind is that we had set some goals last week prior to the meetup mm-hmm. um, and so this also includes our geodude alolan geodude community day goals yep. so i'm interested to hear how you did and all that good stuff you set a shiny goal of 10 shinies how did that go for you 
Good. I got 20. Nicely done. 200 trades. No. 500,000 experience. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and did you complete the Geodude special research? Yeah. Good. Why, why did I set that as a goal? You didn't. I set it for you. Oh. You said it was implied and I wrote it down because I needed you to have more than three goals. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Yes. I see. So three out of four for you. Three out of four. Uh, I set a goal for 20 shinies. I think I did like 24 or something like that. So that one's done. Geodude special research sure did. 50 kilometers. I did like 64.9 that, that week. Yeah, it, it was, was pretty nice. It was a lot of walking. It was. 200 trades that did not happen for me. And 10 luckies. I think I only got like five because I did not do said trades. <laughs> so for me, that's three out of five. Boy, Damn, oh boy. I do have Mitch's goals. 24 shinies, which I know he finished. Yep. 250 trades. I know he finished. He did. 25 luckies. He did. No way. He got 30. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then yeah. uh, have fun was his fourth goal. I think I th- I think I can uh, safely say he had fun. All right. If we're wrong, Mitch, just write in, dude. Just leave he us an angry voicemail. leave any of the knights bleeding from his head. And so that is an automatic improvement from the past. <laughs> this meetup. Nobody forgot their shoes and nobody <laughs> was bleeding from the head. So that's that's positive. It's success. We take it. We take what we can get. Right. Uh, so for Mitch, that's four out of four. So I suppose we've got to, you know, get him that belt somehow that we don't have. But we do. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's I, I think we should probably just get started here. We're going to roll into the news. Yo, what up? It's the news. So before we get started here, for real, for real, I did just kind of want to preface this episode. It It, it is our goal today is for it to be a little bit more condensed so that I'm able to turn this episode around and so we can get caught up and so that we have lots of things still to talk about on Tuesday. So there are several things that we are not going to cover in its entirety in favor of recording about that on this upcoming Tuesday evening when we are planning on recording again. So that is to say, we're not covering the season of Go overview, the June overview, or the season 11 Go Battle League stuff. We're going to be covering everything else. So that's all we have to talk about next week, because that's still a whole lot. (laughs) But if um, you're like, oh boy, this episode seems truncated, or they're forgetting important news. No, this is by design. And we're hoping that you will have (laughs) both of those episodes in quick fashion. So that being said, our first piece of news here is new social features and in-person raid changes. And it reads, trainers, today we're announcing new social features to help bring people together to enjoy Pokemon Go, new bonuses for participating in local raid battles, and changes to items in the in-game shop. The new social features, some of which are based in a separate Niantic app, have been tested over time and will be available in Pokemon Go sometime in the next few months. Our hope is that these features will make it easier for trainers to communicate with each other, discover new communities, and enjoy local raid battles. We know that this feature is much needed, and we look forward to making the social experience even better over time. As of this month, Mega Energy and Rare Candy XL are available as rewards for completing local raid battles, making it easier to evolve and strengthen your Pokemon. Also, starting on May 23rd, the shop's one Pokecoin event box will no longer include remote raid passes, and will instead feature a rotating array of items. For example, this last one had three super incubators in it for 
one coin, which was a mm-hmm. good value. We'll come back to this as the talking point that it is in just a moment. Trainers are all over the world uh, have helped Pokemon Go continue to thrive and grow over the past two years. Now we're excited to get back to playing together in person. To support players who have difficulty reaching gyms, we will continue to work on solutions such as tools for community leaders to organize local events and faster approval for new gyms. We look forward to adventuring together in person. Okay, so uh, this is both good and problematic on some levels. Uh, I'm actually going to toss it over to Kyle first because this is some of the stuff that's been the talking points in the kind of greater community for about two-ish weeks now. Mm -hmm. Um, So why don't you give me a pro? Why don't you give me a con, Kyle, to start us off? Well, there's one thing that's also not mentioned here that I feel like has to be included for the conversation, and that's they increase the price of remote raid passes. Well, they got rid of the discount, which is effectively the same thing technically. Yes. yes. The bundle is now 300 so there's no discount. Every pass is exactly $1 versus being like $0.87 cents or something beforehand. That's That's an important distinction. I I feel like I'm really not the target audience here for having a discussion about it and that's where it's frustrating for me cuz I don't I don't really care that much about that price increase the increase it's so insignificant I'm go- I'm personally going to spend the money anyways. So it's it's definitely a bummer that it's happening but I don't I think the real one to grab your pitchforks on is when they actually raise the price which they told us two years ago they would do. So we have to yeah. see if they stick to those guns. That said, Mega Energy and Rare Candy XL are fantastic incentives and rewards for doing in-person raids. I think that's awesome. Yes, I don't know I what the rates you- are, but we'll have to wait and see. I 100% agree about Mega Energy and Rare Candy XL. I feel like that's just something that we kind of needed to have. Um, Rare Candy XL, just in different places, is just a good way to go. And adding it as an additional incentive instead of nerfing uh, remote rewards or something like that is is good. That's what we were talking about before. Kyle makes a good point, though, about them raising the price of the remote raid passes. Now, to just kind of give this as more of like an overview situation... Just to reiterate what it was like before, you could buy one remote raid pass for 100 coins, or you could buy three remote raid passes for 250 coins. Now, you can buy one remote raid pass for 100 coins. That has not changed. Or you can buy three for 300 coins. So the price increase is only in the bundle, just like Kyle said. Now, like Niantic had said two years ago that this was a discounted rate because they were pushing out the feature in the midst of pandemic and that, you know, remote raiders would be dealing less damage over time and that the remote raid passes would be, you know, inherently more expensive because they from the beginning wanted to encourage people to do in-person rating and stuff like that. So that is all true. Now, these rate passes are actually supposed to be more expensive than regular premium battle passes so this is like actually probably a half step I, I what they've done is they've removed the discount for the bundle but they haven't actually increased the price to where you know they had kind of implied it was going to be because i feel like they're going to be like 150 in the future and we're going to do less damage and it's only going to be entirely a convenience thing which is i feel like you know you pay a premium for convenience in most mobile games 
So that that makes sense to me. That tracks. But what doesn't track to me is the fact that th- this was brought up two years ago and then nothing was really said about that change and no explanation or context was re-given. Two years ago, the world in this game, very different places, you know? Mm-hmm. I think – and. And we can literally talk about this one paragraph on our on our notes for yeah. probably two hours. So we're yes. going to try not to. But that is a fantastic point that really is important to talk about. In just because they said two years ago, hey, this might happen in the future, does not mean we can't be upset when it does happen in the future. Right. Just because they gave us heads up, and I say that with quotation marks, doesn't mean it's still not a bad change or a change that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'm going to keep buying raid passes. I'm not going to sugarcoat that or lie to anybody here, especially I know we have people who are free to play who uh, listen. I will keep buying the raid passes when the price goes up because that's just what I do for Go. I understand that. That is not probably the majority of players. But I still don't agree with it. And I think that if you're going to nerf the damage, which I'm totally accepting of, make remote raiders do less damage, I don't think there's a reason for the passes to be more expensive. I think one or the other. I think now that you're actually mentioning it, I think it would be if the damage nerf is like you you do 25% less damage or something like that. If it's that significant, the remote raid passes should actually be cheaper because it encourages more people to raid more frequently. I think, you know, and you're just trying to get bodies in the raid and it would encourage more people to be there locally because they can invite other raiders, you know, so it's like it's a weird battle of convenience sort of thing. But I I really want to underline what you said about them saying it two years ago doesn't mean that we can't be upset now. You can look at it and go, yeah, it makes sense. I understand that. And then still say, but it feels bad, man. You know, definitely, definitely feels bad, man. And also. Unlike with the damage boost or eventual nerf, where we have been reminded it every season or so, mm-hmm. maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more frequently than that, because it's a bonus in each season, which is good. That's a good thing that they've managed to reiterate. They haven't said anything about the price except for that one blog post in 2020, yeah. which if I didn't remember it, and I'm sure a lot of regular players or the average player might not even remember that happening. It would seem like it's out of nowhere. I've been I've been the sort of player that once we read that and remote reading was just so important that that has been all sort of committed to memory. And I'm like on the edge of my seat waiting for them to make these changes. So for me, it was less of a surprise. But if you started playing within the last two years, there's no way. No way you knew what that communication was going to be or what the expectation is supposed to be from their perspective, right? So either way, again, I think you're right. We could talk about this for literally hours and we should probably move on. But I think it's there's a, it's a win in one hand, Mega Energy and Rare Candy XL for local raids. That's fantastic. But it's it's a loss and it's the, it's it's an, another L in, in the miscommunication or lack thereof category. Um, with the price change for the remote rate passes. That's kind of the the summary. Social features are coming. That's a big thing. We don't know what that is yet. We don't know really what it looks like. I know mm-hmm. some people are beta testing. That's the buzz. But once we have more to talk about, we can talk about that and what that actually means, looks like, all that sort of stuff. But I don't think that this is that time. <laughs> Not yet. So 
Mr. Kyle, with your permission, we'll move on to the next news item. Are we are we done with this yes. uh, in-person rate changes stuff? Done. Okay, excellent. This next one is easy peasy and kind of nice. Save the dates for next season's community days. If you don't remember, this season is ending, uh, well, in like a day from now, like two days. So here we go. Trainers, now that the final community in the season of Alola is behind us, we'd like to share next season's community day dates. Saturday, June 25th. Sunday, July 17th, and Saturday, August 13th. Those are the three days. Uh, we don't know what those Pokemon are going to be yet. There's a lot of rumor about potentially Starly. I hope so. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mark your calendars. Nothing else to really say. Kyle, I think you and I are hoping for at least one starter in this group of three, but our breath is not being held. <laughs> I Yes, I'm definitely hoping also a classic somewhere dropped surprise in the middle of those three would would be expected almost at this point yes I, i've got my fingers crossed for tyranitar but you know oh, well i Lamitar. want a, i want another charmander over my dead body <laughs> that's fine with me man <laughs> that can be arranged brother uh the next news item is shoot for the stars during go battle day stardust surprise well the only surprise is that uh, we forgot about this until now, or they didn't tell us. I don't know. One of those. When is this happening? Well, it's tomorrow, Sunday, May 29th from 12 a.m. to 11.59 p.m. local time. It's the whole dang day. That's what that means. <laughs> Battle with Mega Evolved Pokemon. Say what? To celebrate the recent update to Mega Evolution in Pokemon Go for one day only. Monster Truck Rally. Uh, no, trainers will be able to use Mega Evolved Pokemon in the Gold Battle League's Master League. This is the way that we get people to Master League. We look forward to seeing what strategies trainers come up with using their Mega Evolved Pokemon. Please note, you will need to Mega Evolve your Pokemon before bringing them into battle. There's also bonuses for this day. The maximum number of sets you can play per day will be increased from 5 to 20 for a total of 100 battles. That's an absurd number of battles. Maybe set up three different shifts during the day to play like 33 or whatever. 0.333 repeating, of course. Uh, and four times Stardust from win rewards. That's nice. We love that. End of set avatar rewards. Trainers who complete a set at any rank during this go battle day will receive the Gladion's Pants avatar item. Trainers who already received the Gladion's Pants avatar item from the rank 20 rewards will not receive another. And apparently nothing else as well. You're just out of luck, bucko. Sorry. Not even like 500 Stardust, like something. Yeah, no, like, here's, uh, here's 50 Poker Coins. Come on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Anything? Anything? <laughs> 10 Pokeballs. If they were like, if you've already earned these pants, we're going to award you with a random pant item that you do not already own. That would yeah, be neat. That'd be awesome. You know? And like, it just kind of feels bad. It's definitely a feels bad man there. Another one. Oh, boy. It's worth, this is a combo. This is great. Active competitions. The following leagues will be active. Master League, Ultra League, and Great League. That is to say, another reminder that you can only use the Mega Evolve Pokemon in Master League, despite the other two leagues being open. So don't Mega Evolve something and you're like, oh, I got it under 1,500. Uh, it, it, you won't be able to do it. And then you just have wasted that <laughs> Mega Energy. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, this will be kind of fun. Hopefully this episode is out before the day is done tomorrow. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that edit will look like yet. So we'll see. Now, Kyle, are, are you going to be doing any of this? Are you at least going to try bringing a mega Pokemon into Master League just for the fun of it? 
No. <laughs> I, I don't need. I don't need to lie. I'm not going to. I don't. And, I don't need the just, kind of stress in my life. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my. I'll do a couple sets in Great League if I remember, and that's about it. Oh my gosh! Just just do at least one set so you get those pants, man. I know you've been eyeing those pants yeah. for a while, right? <laughs> I did the a match for the jacket last last day, so. Mm-hmm. I think I did. I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, well, I'm going to be trying it. So next week, I'll be able to tell you how it went with the Mega Pokemon. And you can tell me about how Great League is looking these days, I guess. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Next piece of news here. Pokemon Go Fest 2022 additional details revealed. If you can't remember, did not remember, are waiting for us to remind you. Here it is. The next weekend is Global Go Fest. So here are some more details for that. Trainers, Pokemon Go Fest is just around the corner, and we're grateful you're celebrating with us. Join trainers around the world for our two-day global event on Saturday, June 4th and Sunday, June 5th to unlock rewards, earn bonuses, and experience event-exclusive gameplay. Ticket-holding trainers can complete special research to learn more about Shaman, the gratitude Pokemon. Personalized special research. This year, ticket-holding trainers will get to personalize their Pokemon Go experience with special research, catch, explore, or battle. Choose your focus and difficulty level, and certain special research tasks will change accordingly. Complete special research to encounter the mythical Pokemon Shaman in its land form, aka Hedgehog form. Other rewards include a Shaman-inspired avatar item and an event-exclusive pose. Land form Shaman t-shirt and the Gracidia bouquet pose, which is actually kind of cute. Big fan. Avatar items in the shop. Show your Pokemon Go Fest spirit. New Shaman-inspired avatar items will be available in the in-game shop. There's going to be a t-shirt, a hat, and then a Gracidia face sticker. They're loving these face stickers. Rotating habitats and Pokemon encounters. Many different Pokemon will appear in rotating hourly habitats during the event. Trainers can complete collection challenges for each habitat hour to contribute to their elite collector medal. For the first time in Pokemon Go, lucky trainers might encounter a shiny Shroomish. Shiny Numel, Shiny Carablast, Shiny Axew, or Shiny Shelmet. Ooh. We, we knew all this already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Event special stickers, special Pokemon Go Fest 2022 theme stickers will be available to ticket holding trainers during the event from Pokestops and Gifts and available to all trainers in the in-game shop. A special Pikachu. Pikachu is getting into the Pokemon Go Fest spirit too. During the event, be on the lookout for Grisidia Pikachu appearing in the wild in one-star raids and as a surprise encounter in Go Snapshot. If you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny one. It's like a better flower crown Pikachu. That's pretty much yeah. what it looks like. It's yeah. Nice. yeah. Commemorative Pokemon Go Fest 2022 t-shirt. Pikachu isn't the only one dressed to impress. Trainers in select locations will be able to purchase commemorative Pokemon Go Fest 2022 t-shirts and all trainers will be able to snag a matching avatar item in the in-game shop. Read on for more details about T-shirt availability. Yeah, here's here's the deal. The T-shirts are available in IRL via the Niantic Supply Store, but like that's as supplies last. And yeah. on the first day, 4XL and 3XLs and extra smalls were all gone. And I, I do not have high hopes for the remaining sizes. I know there was one restock uh, maybe a few days ago before the weekend, actually, I think so, like a week ago. You can check, uh, but it's probably too late. Just to just to be honest about it, right? I I couldn't tell you. Are you are you ready? Because I'm a bad Pokemon fan. I didn't buy one. Oh, I did. <laughs> I know you did. 
I did not. And I came to that conclusion after I went through my drawer of shirts and realized that probably a quarter to a half of all of the shirts in my drawer are Pokemon Go related. And while I love the designs, they're not super comfortable to wear as everyday wear. Oh, okay. Why, because of the prints? Yeah, the prints. They're just, I don't know. It's like, I don't need another one. Not right now. It's going to have well, to blow me away to be worth purchasing. The designs are pretty good. This year in particular is also really good. So, you know, hey, teach their own. Uh, and lastly, and most importantly, themed confetti will appear on the map during the event with trainers celebrating all over the world. Something mysterious might happen. Keep your eyes open for more exciting announcements. Let's go. So, yeah, there's some additional stuff for this weekend. That'll be kind of fun. Uh, and by kind of fun, I mean, it'll be it'll be a great time. I'm so looking forward to GoFest, Global GoFest, and all of the other GoFest-related events happening this summer. Kyle, is there anything big about this, these additional details that you actually would call out as important? Or are they just kind of like extra stuff? No, it's just extra. I mean, I don't even what did we actually get besides knowing what the special Pikachu is? Yeah, I think that's about it. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, they reiterated the new shinies and that's about it. Yeah, but so, we already knew that. Yeah. They, they told us that one already. <laughs> just, hey, I'm trying to find something, you know. <laughs> so thanks for the heads up, Niantic. Appreciate it. Good to know there's going to be confetti. Noise. All right. Last thing here. This is, don't get it twisted. This is still GoFest, but this is one of those other ones, the location-based ones. Tickets to Pokemon GoFest Seattle are on sale now. Trainers, Pokemon Go Fest continues its world tour with a stop in Seattle, Washington. Seattle Center Park and the city of Seattle will host this massive event from Friday, July 22nd to Sunday, July 24th. And yes, you read this right. This year's Pokemon Go Fest is too big to be contained in a single park. So this incredible event will happen in the city itself with two unique event experiences each day, one in the park and one happening in Seattle. There's more to explore than ever before. So tickets, all tickets are U.S. $25 plus applicable taxes and fees and are available on a first come first serve basis. Please note, tickets are limited and will be available for purchase while supplies last. Pokemon Go Fest Seattle attendees may only purchase tickets for one day of the three day event. Now, there's two parts to each of these event days, a morning session and an afternoon session. Trainers who purchase a ticket will split their day between event experiences that happen in Seattle Center Park and downtown Seattle. When purchasing your ticket, you will select which part of the day you'd like to experience in the park. A ticket for the morning session offers the event experience within the Seattle Center Park from 9 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. and the city experience from 2.30 to 7 p.m. local time. A ticket for the afternoon session offers the city event experience from 9 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. and the park event experience from 2.30 to 7 p.m. local time. They're, they're the same time slots, just swapped. Yeah, nobody's getting shorted here. Okay. Please note, only trainers with a valid ticket for the applicable session will be able to play within Seattle Center Park. There will be a one-hour intermission between sessions to allow trainers time to move between areas. It's kind of nice. A little bit of a break. During the citywide event experience, ticket-holding trainers will experience event-exclusive gameplay in downtown Seattle. Event gameplay will not be available to ticket-holding trainers outside Seattle. So you have to be in the city in order to use it, which is kind of neat. That's a huge area to geofence. That'll be kind of interesting to see. The event experience itself, trainers who purchase a ticket to Pokemon Go Fest Seattle 
will be able to enjoy the following in Seattle Center Park on their selected event day and time. Complete event exclusive special research to encounter Skyform Shaman as you adventure within Seattle Center Park. So this is Skyform. We're getting Landform for Global, but we're going to get Skyform for this other event, which is pretty neat. Explore four real-world habitats, two of which are unique to the Seattle event. Each habitat includes unique Pokemon and its very own collection challenge. Cloud Sanctuary. Like the iconic Space Needle, reach for the sky and soar amongst the clouds with Togetic, Wubat, Rufflet, and more. The Oasis. Looking for a tropical respite amidst the hustle and bustle of downtown Seattle? Kick back with Alolan Exeggutor, Sand Cloak Burmy, Gibble, Panpour, and more. Yeah, my homies. I love hanging out with those guys. <laughs> Dreamy Mindscape. Feeling a bit drowsy. Hoping to curl up for a nap with Teddy Ursa? Why not catch a little snooze with Pokemon like Snorlax and Litwick? Sleep well. <laughs> it's the siesta. That's great. <laughs> area. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Electric Garden, a fantastical garden with a distinct static in the air. Pokemon such as Hisui and Voltorb, Combi, Fungus, and Helioptile will be drawn to this space. Is Fungus shiny yet? <laughs> yeah, it will be by then. Oh, yeah. Okay, good deal. Good deal. Be sure to visit the trading post to meet and trade with trainers at the event or test your metal against trainers at the battleground. Enjoy a plethora of in-person photo ops, including a chance to take a photo with Pikachu or Eevee. <laughs> oh, oh, I want it to be like good. a 10 foot tall Pikachu, and then I might be interested. I, I want it. I want the Eevee to hold me in its arms. That's what I want. <laughs> a special version of the Pokemon Go Fest 2022 t-shirt will be available for sale exclusively at this and other in-person Pokemon Go Fest 2022 events. Make up to six special trades and enjoy a reduced stardust cost for every trade made during event hours. Ticket holding trainers will enjoy the following during the citywide event experience within downtown Seattle. So the other stuff was in the park. This stuff is going to be in downtown Seattle. A second special research story will be available featuring a reward encounter with a Pokemon that has yet to appear in Pokemon Go. Ooh, what do you think it is? Uh, probably another Pokemon that's not Kecleon. Maybe it's an Ultra Beast. Maybe, but Could be. uh, no, no. Okay. As a reward from a special research, I don't think so. Yeah, I kind of think it would just be like a really cool experience uh, that they would want to set up for the first time, like with the portal opening and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Egg, egg. That's right. Continuing on here, Pokemon from all the Pokemon Go Fest Seattle habitats will be appearing in the city. Claim up to nine total daily raid passes by spinning photo discs at gyms. Team Go Rocket balloons will be appearing more often and defeating Team Go Rocket grunts will earn you twice as many mysterious components. That is to say two instead of one. (laughs) Ticket hold 100% more mysterious components. (laughs) Ticket-holding trainers will enjoy the following during both the city and park event experiences. Shiny Combi and Shiny Pampor will make their Pokemon Go debuts. Eggs will require one half the normal hash distance. Yes. Take a snapshot at the event for a surprise. Event-themed field research will be available. You'll be able to get event-themed stickers by spinning Pokestops opening gifts. Confetti will be appearing on the in-game map. (laughs) Don't want to forget that. All trainers in Seattle will have access to special Pokemon Go Fest 2022 raids, including Cresselia and Darkrai in five-star raids during Pokemon Go Fest Seattle from Friday, July 22nd to July 24th. And finally, 
We can't wait to continue Pokemon Go Fest in Seattle. Let's go. All right, Kyle, please take take this microphone away from me. Oh, Can you talk Lord. about this? Where to start? I think the thing I want to talk about the most is Cityverse Park. That's new. That's interesting. And it calls back to uh, early 2020. Maybe it was even late 2019. I don't remember when it was said. They wanted to do City Explorer stuff with Pokemon. Yeah. That's right. And unfortunately, due to circumstances, that got canceled. And I feel like this is their their next attempt. And it's interesting to see the whole event split in two over it. And I'm just I'm very interested to see what you can do in the city that you can't do in a park. Like, how, how am I going to feel positive about playing in the city for this experience? What are they going to do? To encourage that or reward be, that, maybe be more raid centric. I feel like is probably the big draw in that yeah, case. Yeah, I, I suppose they have that more raid. They have the raid passes, and then they have the rocket uh, balloons. If if maybe like, but like, I don't want to go to Go Fest and do like two hundred rocket grunts. That's not that's not what I'm there for. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. We'll have to, I'll have to see, but it's very interesting. Yeah, this is brand brand new like you're saying that you know them splitting up the experiences i mean even though on 2019 during 2019's pokemon go fest the saturday day when we were there and they had to evacuate the park due to rain and we went into the city and did some raids and then came back it was kind of like a mini version of that to a degree i mean sort of technically but it was without any bonuses of being at go fest it just happened to be you know fifteen thousand pokemon go players all entering the city at once 100%. Yeah. And, and so this is, I think, wise. I like that they have a break in the middle so people aren't like just running back and forth trying to, you know, accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. Like you have an hour, take your time, drive safe, go to the bathroom, hydrate, get something to eat, stuff like that. Yeah. Good deal. Good on them. That being said, it's a long day. I think just the thing I'm thinking about, and I can't wait to see how it gets executed. What does being in the city mean? You know, Seattle's not a small city. It's not it's not Chicago big, but it's still metropolitan area. What does it mean to go play Go in the city? Yeah, I wonder if they're going to have visual indicators, either in the overworld map or for your character. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, if they don't have some kind of system, it's kind of against a lot of the ideas they've been trying to push in the game, like with three-hour community days yeah. and stuff, to get players together. By telling them to go into the city instead of staying in a park, you're dispersing your entire player base over a massive area oh, yeah. if you don't have some way to control it. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Also, it's slightly more dangerous, so I'm not sure quite how I feel about that yet. It but. is, right? I mean, like, encouraging people to be like, hey, go go and explore the entire city it makes me feel a little weird because, like, Seattle's one thing, Right. But even still, there are parts of Seattle that I'm sure are less than safest. Like if they this if they did this in Chicago, they'd have to be very specific. They'd yeah, be yeah, like, they, you they need to stay here like to this. here, you know, far away from any problematic places. And we're from Chicago. We love the city. But the reality of big city life is that danger is an element. It can mm-hmm. be, you know. And so it's it's one thing to have a park in the middle of the day that's filled with employees that doesn't have fences, right? But they're not going to have 
like security patrolling the streets. Yeah. You know? And even if they did, what are they going to do? Kind of no offense to people, but right. Exactly. uh, This is actually a great point though. If anyone cares, a Seattle resident made a great post on the r slash Silk Road subreddit, giving great details and stuff about being in the city if you are going to go. And I'd suggest looking that up. I was going to share it with Chris later, but it had some great info and also some places to avoid if you are in the city. Okay, well, we'll do our best to make sure that that's included in the show notes because that sounds incredibly useful. Now, that is, this is all to say, Kyle and I are not trying to be disparaging about this event layout whatsoever. At least I'm not, Kyle. I don't want to speak for you. I'm excited. I think the split's going to be really, really fun. And I think as long as everybody is, is responsible and safe, it'll be great. But yeah, the reality of it kind of begs the question about like, how are they going to navigate liability in some cases? But I'm sure they have it figured out. And if they don't, they're going to have it figured out real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, it's GoFest. I'm excited, but I'm not I'm not going to comment on like the biomes and stuff because Chris and I have personally seen that twice ourselves and it's it works great. It's fantastic. Fun. So it's I'm really, really identifying what's different and what uh, could be interesting and also potentially problematic. As long as we don't have another Buckingham Fountain dead zone, I think we'll be OK. Mm. Look, horsey. <laughs> I'm upset because that was the only place that Gasly was really spawning in that yeah. event. I don't need to talk about it. Anyways. <laughs> All right. That that being said, Kyle and I are really excited about this for sure. And Kyle and I are going to Seattle. So this will be fun. We'll have more details about all that sort of stuff. But we're going to be there for like basically the entirety of the event. So if you're going to be in town and you want to like say, hey, like reach out, send us an email and uh, and we'll see what we can or cannot do. All right. So that's it for the news there. We're going to uh, move along. We're not doing gear up this week because we had just so much news to get through. But we do have a poke lore. And I, since I just spoke for like <laughs> 45 minutes, I want to actually pass this over to Kyle. Would you mind, sir? So this week for poke lore, we're going to do Shaman, the gratitude Pokemon. Shaman is a small white hedgehog-like. It's a hedgehog. It sure Pokemon. is. Pokemon. In land form, it has green grass-like fur. It's grass. We've been over this. <laughs> on its back and a pink flower flower-like with two leaves on each side of its head, which resembles the Gracidia flower. Several Gracidia-like flowers. That's hilarious. I don't understand. Several Gracidia-like flowers also appear on its back. So so the one is real and the other ones are just like... No, no, because the first one is it resembles the Gracidia flower, so they just went for the Gracidia-like because they know it taunts us. but, 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 But humor me for a second. It says green grass-like fur, so the fur is grass-like on its back, and a pink flower, not flower-like, but a pink flower with two leaves on each side of its head. That is a flower which resembles the Gracidia flower, but it's still a real flower. Yeah. (laughs) But hang on. Several Gracidia-like flowers also appear on its back whenever it feels comfortable, but when it senses an impending danger, it rapidly hides its back. Its legs are short, and its underside is plump. Oh, Shaman is the smallest mythical Pokemon to date and one of the shortest grass-type Pokemon. In sky form, it has a slender canine appearance like that of a small reindeer. <laughs> Reindeers are not canines, I don't believe. <laughs> they could... <laughs> 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 
I'm just going to move on. I'm sorry. The fur on its back becomes a mohawk, and it has a red flower petal on the left side of its neck, resembling a scarf or cape. Okay, uh, scarf and cape yeah. is two very different Scarf is ruined for us. We don't trust anybody anymore. We've been hurt before. <laughs> it has flat white ears resembling wings, a small tuft of fur on the front of its neck, and a stumpy tail. Ooh. Shaman will change into sky form and back if it touches a Gracidia. Um, no, I'm not going to comment. Never mind. <laughs> I have thoughts. It reverts to landform at night or if it is frozen. Oh, yeah. my. Mm. Of course. Yeah. When you're frozen, you just change back. Yeah. Get all tiny. Shaman can instantly purify any polluted area of all impurities in the air and transform it into a lush field of flowers. It takes in the polluted air, purifies it inside its body, breaks it down into water and light, and releases the purified substance in a violent, explosive burst. Its power varies based on the type of pollution absorbed. Shaman can also communicate with telepathy and sense the gratitude of others. Oh, okay. Hence the, the name. The, okay. That's, that's interesting. Interesting uh, description here. Onto its stats in Go. It's a max CP at level 40 of 3265 and at level 50 of 3691. It's a stamina of 225, a defense of 210, and an attack of 210. Fun fact, Landform Shaman has equal stats across the board in the main series game. 100 for all six stats. Uh, Skyform is not the same. Uh, The numbers that we have here are for... Landform? We will cover, I think, Skyform at a later date when we actually like, know its moveset and it's going to be a little bit different and things like that. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> and speaking of moveset, we have a, a temporary moveset for Shaman that's been in the files and stuff for a long time and completely subject to change. So don't bet on any of these at the moment. Niantic has been known to change something at the last moment lately. But currently, its best move set is very depressing. Hidden Power Grass with Energy Ball and something else. I mean, it, and it, Dealer's Choice. Yeah, it knows. <laughs> it knows Solar Beam. It knows its new move. What was it called? Seed uh, Flare. Seed Flare, which is not very good as the it numbers have it right it now. It doesn't appear to be worth it. <laughs> and it has Grass Knot. So Grass Knot is the best in terms of grass DPS for raids, but with hidden power grass, that doesn't mean a whole lot. The thing though, too, to remember about how hidden power works is that it's random. What element it is. Yeah, it's fixed too. So if you get hidden power electric and you reroll it to the other fast move, which I believe is it's, it's a psychic move. Yeah. Zen headbutt, yes, which is actually a pretty decent move, um, but it's it's a grass monotype, so it does not get stabbed from it, which is kind of a bummer. But yeah, if it's an electric hidden power, you go to Zen headbutt, and then you go back to hidden power. You won't re-roll the element. It's it'll be it electric. Will be electric. Again. Yeah, so that's kind of a bummer. Uh, but again, moves are subject to change, and I I doubt they would release a mythical and leave it this. It's pretty bad. Celebi is pretty bad though yeah but celebi wasn't really like at the top of dps charts anyway even stats wise right so no i if it had gotten the right double grass move set it could have been competitive 
Hmm. But it would have never competed for Psychic, for sure. Yeah, no way. That said, you know, Victini, Mew, and Jirachi all have their uses in PvP, so. Very true. Very, very true. Uh, I'm excited for this Pokemon. I like Shaman. I like Shaman as a Hedgehog uh, more than I do the Skyform. The Skyform is a little bit too... Uh, it's a little too anime-y for me. A little like Caldeo? Yeah, yeah, because I think Caldeo fits. I think Skyform Shaman is a little bit more really? cartoon I, character-y. Car- cartoon okay, character-y. Okay. You know what I, I mean? I know what you mean, but I think the opposite, personally. Like, like Kel- okay, so Keldeo looks like if a Pokemon was designed for the My Little Pony universe, and Skyform Shaman just looks like it's from the My Little Pony universe. I don't agree. <laughs> but that's oh, okay. I, th- th- we those can agree are, to those are just Those are just the, I can't think of another example or another, like, uh, property, because that's just the one people reference when they talk about Keldeo, you know? So. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Okay. Skyform is a little bit weird, but yeah. Landform yes. also almost feels like a Digimon to me. A little bit. Yeah, it's I do. Like I would expect it to speak English. Yes. Yeah, it definitely is like I could see that just, you know, looking over and talk, talking at you. Before we put this Poka Dex entry to bed, I do want to just circle back really quick. The slender canine appearance like that of a small reindeer is absurd but kyle might i remind you and anybody listening that has played valheim the deer in that game absolutely bark they do so, but i mean like I, deers are not canines no no i and i don't it's not even canine like appearance it's it's a canine appearance yeah we got to have a discussion with these people that write these things, man. It's really mm, anyway. Sorry to belabor that point, but th- thank you for covering Pokalore, Kyle. Appreciate it. Next up, we have Pokepole. And last week's question was, what is your biggest pet peeve in Pokemon Go? First response we have is from Matters. And he said, hello, gents and DeFi. My pet peeve would be gym etiquette. That is myself and Minimot don't really have any. And we only have one rule. If it's not red, then it's dead. My man. The local community are used to us by now and treat us with an equal hand. But I've lost count of the number of times I've been DM'd about my boy knocking someone off a gym. That said, now that the Mrs. plays, we have to be very careful when taking down yellow gyms. She proper kicks off if she gets knocked out without her coins as she's free to play. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Keep up the stupendous work, chaps. Sorry about the long poker pull answer. Shiny vibes all. All right. <laughs> Thank you, modders. That said, how did your wife end up on the yellow team? Yeah. What did you do? Oh, my God. That made her go, I will not be red under any circumstances. That's I feel right. like there's a story. <laughs> yeah. What bet did somebody lose? <laughs> My goodness, maybe yeah. maybe she was like, "I'm going to do this just to despite matters a hard time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Kyle is instinct, and my sister is mystic, and I'm valor, and uh, those two, and and plus Kyle's girlfriend as well, who's instinct as well, right? Yeah, yes. I'm I'm outnumbered as a valor player until we get our larger group, and then some more instincts, but mostly valor. It's great. But 
Oh my god. Very few. I will say there's so few Mystic in our like extended group of players mm-hmm. that we play with. It's kind of crazy. We should do a poll. I would love to know out of patrons where everybody falls. Yeah, that might be interesting. We'll see if we can set that yeah. up and people respond to that. Yeah, getting people to respond is the trick. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this next one's from Venusy Prime, and they said inventory management in general, the lack of sorting and searching on the items page, and how long it takes going through storage when looking for PvP IVs and making decisions about how many 93% are actually needed. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I've, I've started taking oh. the approach that if it's not 98 or 100%, I just don't keep it anymore because I've transitioned from a complete living dex to a one i'm only doing living dexes of 100 versions of things uh which is more difficult but it's cleaner because i hated this exact same thing venusy like the 93 percent really bugged me like what was the thing i had i had hatched something or traded something when we were driving i think it was a dino and it was 14 15 15 and <sighs> i was like i almost wish it was just a 10 15 15 so i could just feel good about removing it yeah yeah but, it's definitely like I'm never going to actually use this, right? but it's good, so I don't want to get rid of it, but I need the space. (laughs) Yeah, it's the same problem that I had with my 100% Garchomps. Like, uh, I had a slew of 93% and 96%, and now that I'm sitting on, like, those three or four hundos, like, why did I even bother? (laughs) Yep, yep. (laughs) You know, but one of them I put a lot of stuff into, and he's 98%, and I was like, oh, no. Is that that 2% from HP? No, it's attack. Ah! It's attack. I know, Kyle. I know. The pain. Um, The pain. But thank you for the response. Yeah, definitely agree, by the way. Inventory management just could use so much work. Sorting by IVs. The game desperately needs a way to sort by IVs. It's for the the bird type Pokemon. What? Like, it's for the birds, but it's it's for the the bird type Pokemon. Inventory management. Bird type. Yeah, heard bird tick. I was like, who? Is but, that yeah, like bear, bear tick. tick? Bear, bear, bear tick. tick. Yeah, the bear tick Pokemon. That's right. That's right. He's a. Uh, he read that. He he watched that Mary Kondo stuff, and he was like, "This doesn't spark joy." Yeah. Uh huh. Our next response is from Trent, and he said, "Probably the unspoken rules of gym etiquette." Oh boy. Yeah, a bit hypocritical because it's unspoken, but like most local trainers have caught on to my approach with the five gyms in my neighborhood, though obviously not all do. I approach them by just knocking out the gym if everyone has been in there for at least five hours, and then that's my gym, quotation marks, for the day. Rinse and repeat, it's like a slow-moving Ouroboros, which is a snake that eats its own tail, where usually there's one to two gyms per team where everyone gets a day's worth of coins. But sometimes this chain breaks or a team, usually instinct, goes absent and me and the local mystics just continue on without them only for me to take the next. And then not even 20 minutes later, my Pokemon are evicted. Well, <laughs> this is quite the opposite of uh, the answer from modders, I feel. And and how I know you and I both personally feel Which about is- it. I, just it's it's part of the game if you get knocked out you get knocked out is really my opinion now i completely understand if you have arrangements with the community but like if somebody chooses to deviate from that like eh, what are you gonna do <laughs> you know? yeah yeah i don't know i just i've always accepted it. it's like whatever the gyms are not actually that worth it so it's okay 
Yeah. Um, but again, you and I are not exclusively free to play. So if you are exclusively free to play, like this is a, a touchy point for a lot of people because it's like, hey, we're all out here. Like, let's work together and we can all get what we need. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, as funny as it is, it's not a team game. It's a community game, but it's not actually a team game. That's true. That's very, very true. It, yeah. It's a, it's a tough point to be, but I definitely see the, the frustration of that situation. I understand the frustration, but, you you knew better <laughs> <laughs> right it's it, whatever again what are you gonna do um, but thank you for the response next one and our last response for this week is from uh, al belso my biggest pet peeve is the rush of catching a rare pokemon and then it inevitably becoming devalued by a spawn migration or community day my wife and i happened to be vacationing in madrid when the unovan generation debuted we were eating at a restaurant when a durant popped up nearby we quickly paid and literally ran to catch the spawn. Ended up being the only one we saw during that trip, too. Now they're everywhere in Chicago. But at least we got a fun story out of it. I'll tell you what that one in Chicago doesn't have. It's the location stamp of the other one you got in Madrid. Yep. And I think I definitely understand that that kind of pet peeve about spawns being devalued. And it's kind of the cyclical nature that the game kind of just has. Kind of have to deal with it. But it's definitely very annoying in some instances. Mm -hmm. And then the best way to get over it, I think is really with the last tab that you said, you got a fun story out of it. You had fun doing it. And that's the most important part. You know, I have countless Froki in my inventory. I'm still going to remember that week when they all came out and Froki was insanely rare. And I ran out of work on my 10 minute break to go get one that was down the street. Yeah. Yeah, dude, so. I just like I see a Froki now and I don't even flinch. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm waiting up, for the shiny. He's like, but I used to be popular. Oh, <laughs> uh, you yeah. will be when the shiny happens. Again, that's right. But yeah, the thing I 100% agree with Kyle, you know, it does feel bad to a degree, but it is just unfortunately the nature of the game. So yeah, the story you got, that's the best part of it. Like for us, the Pokemon Go Fest uh, 2019. Thunderstorm knocked us out of the park. We had to go do some raids. Then we came back and then I got blisters and we were all slipping and sliding a big old pit of mud. And it was a good time. Like that's the stuff that's that stands out to us more than like the actual Pokemon caught. So like it's cool. You and wife got to run for something in Madrid. (laughs) That's pretty Mm -hmm. neat. That's cool stuff. But uh, definitely feel you on the little bit of a eh, I wish this still had some value. So this week's Pokepole is with global go fest on the horizon. What is one goal you set for yourself for the event weekend? Well, Chris, we haven't quite got to our goals yet, but now's the now's the time to to make one for the weekend, I suppose. Yes, I have one in particular that is GoFest centric that I'm ready to set. Right, do you have one as well? Uh, I I will in a second. I just have to think about it for a moment. So you can go ahead. All right. So mine is because I have a level 100 Haxorus that I've been working on and putting a lot of things into. I, I intend to do a lot of Axu raids this weekend. Okay. And so I would like to get it either maxed or as close to maxed as possible. Because I think between doing the actual Axu raids and making an effort to do them in person uh, for the extra XL candy and stuff like that, or candy XL, forgive me, I keep doing that. Uh, I would like that to be kind of done. Do you have a level two dragon to mega evolve? A level two dragon? 
Yeah, to, for Mega Evolve, Mega Mega Level. Oh, Latios, yeah. Latias, or Altaria. Char- Charizard X. Yep, Charizard X. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Make sure I'll, I He's will. He's been ready to go. I will make sure to yell at you that that is active for that hour. Yeah, uh, that's actually the the premier Charizard that I've been working on has been the X Evolution. That's Ardent. He's the one I actually have maxed out entirely. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. I think a goal that I have, and it's a maybe it's going to be a tough one. I want to get both Shiny Carablast and Shiny Shelmet. Ooh, that's a good one. I I I really like those pokemon even though they're bugs so it's a great theming with them they're not bugs they're features yes that too well if you you end up walking away with both a shelmet and a carablast shiny and i don't i'm gonna be so upset I'll i love for something pokemon. hey absolutely uh i've still got a shiny tyrogue on hand so maybe i'll oh my god no that's the only it. one now <clears throat> it is my only one um oh by the way when we were in uh, mall of america for our meetup we ran into mike nerdlaw Mr. Cowboy Hat Caterpie himself. And I was starstruck. Mr. Mike, if you're listening, it was an absolute pleasure to <laughs> hang out and play community with you. A lot of fun, buddy. Appreciate it. But anyway, if you, dear listener, have an answer to this week's Pokeball question, which is with Global Go Fest on the horizon, what is one goal you've set for yourself for the event weekend? You can answer that question when we post it on Twitter. Um, or if you're a patron of ours, we have an entire channel dedicated to just the question and then you can also you know call us leave us a voicemail with your answer to 262-586-7717 or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com before we discuss emails voicemails further anything like that we're going to pass on over to fish and DeFiE, who this week amongst other things are going to be covering a, a deep dive on regionals and forged cup which is pretty pretty rad so over to the two of you Hi, I'm Fish on a Heater. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that only has one turn of lag. DeFi, what's going on in PvP right now? Well, we are looking forward to the Nugo Battle League season, but unfortunately, we are recording this on Wednesday evening, May 25th, and we have no news about this new season yet. But I'm very excited and looking forward to what some of the new moves might be, what attacks are going to get buffed, debuffed, uh, get some effects added. Very excited. But for now, we're just in the last week of the season, May 24th to June 1st, where we have all three open leagues. Also, Fish, did you hear about the most mega of all mega surprises? <laughs> I did, and I'm excited. So the Go Battle Day coming up is on Sunday, May 29th. It's all day, 12 hours, and you will be able to battle with Mega Evolved Pokemon. It's just in the Master League, though, an open Master League, so no itty-bitty little Charizards in the Great League. You can only (laughs) battle those in the Master League. It's 100 battles with quadruple Stardust win rewards, which is pretty great. Also, if you do any set, any complete any set of five battles, you do get Gladion's Pants Avatar item, which is pretty great. Uh, unless you already have it, then you don't get a second pair. And again, it's going to be Master, Ultra, and Great League all available, but you can only use Megas in the Master League. I've been hearing that Mega Gyarados is the one that's going to break things the most. The, what is it, Water and Dark typing? Water Dark, yep. Yeah, so it's already a Master League viable Pokemon as a non-Mega, Megaring it, which is a verb, 
um, that, that will increase its viability just so much. And yeah, I have been reading that it will make a big splash. Huh? Huh? Very nice. Hashtag <laughs> shrimp gang. Let's go. So very, very fun. I'm excited to give it a try. I have a very big, I don't think I've level 50 it yet, but I might. I have a shiny 98% Gyarados that I think would be perfect for this. Ooh, I have a hundo. Ooh. Yeah. But is it shiny? No. So I guess that kind of your shininess balances out any extra stats that I can <laughs> throw yes. in. Yes. Shinies do more damage. Not really. Let's do our self-check-in. The Firefly Cup is almost coming to a close. I have, I think, one battle left to do for Firefly. But overall, I had a very middling performance. I did sweep a small four-round tournament. So that was that's definitely my weighted tournament of the month. But the other ones, I went 3-3, 2-3, 2-2 so far and just kind of very average other than that one tournament where I did really well. Overall, I went 11 and 8. So not great, not bad, just kind of an average performance for me for Firefly Cup. How about you? I think I'm 50-50. I haven't actually counted them up, but, uh, you know, after a really good start, I've kind of fallen off the wagon a bit. And yeah, so I think I'm just managing to float above water. My all-electric team that I'm using for one tournament, I'm currently 2-1 in that tournament, so I'm pretty happy with that. I'm on my way to being able to earn that monotype badge. Um, let's take a look at our GoCast tournament. So taking a look at the Firefly Cup, we are not quite finished as of this point, but we do know who our winner is. Congratulations to Camo G 8 Camo, our elite in the tournament, was running a team of Wormadam Trash, Drapion, Toxicroak, Frostlass, Galvantula, and Litleo. Litleo providing coverage to a lot of different things. I know I had four Pokemon on my team that were weak to fire. Drapion, a pretty good cover for the Wormadam Trash that so many people were bringing to counter the Toxicroak. And Frostlass, also another pretty good counter to a Toxicroak, a good fighting counter all around. I think Heracross has a lot more play against it than what the other fighters do. Uh, Obstagoon as well, but so few people are bringing Obstagoon. Yeah, I just I think just there are a lot of other choices. Also, Obstagoon loses to every other counter user, mm. so that's a problem. Yeah. We also wanted to feature one other team other than the winner, and this month it is Wang J. Chen. We wanted to feature his team of Oranguru, Pyroar, Heracross, Electivire, Toxicroak, and Alolan Raichu. Deepa, I'm going to throw to you first. What thoughts do you have on that? You, Because you, you played Wang J. Chen, didn't you? I did. I really like the double counter user strategy that Wang J. Chen uses and also that he didn't run a Vigoroth. He just had two other counter users. Alolan Raichu is a really fun pick. He had two electric types as well. He had a Pyroar and that Oranguru as well for additional coverage. I thought it was a really, really fun team. Mm, yeah, um, I was using Heracross too. I loved Heracross because... It beats Litleo and Wormadam Trash in the one shields. Now, Wormadam Trash, you do have to score a bait, 
But if you can do that, yeah, it beats that too. So uh, it would break a lot of my opponent's strategies for me. Um, Oranguru is really cool because it is a confusion user that doesn't go down hard to Litleo, which is, like I said before, what people's biggest counter to the Wormadam was. Also, Alolan Raichu gave me a lot of trouble. I had nothing to counter it. I had my own Kanto Raichu, which was pretty good. Uh, the Alolan Raichu's combination of Thunder Punch and Wild Charge meant that it could get to the Wild Charge in the same amount of time as what the other Volt Switches can get to their moves in, so like your Kanto Raichu and your Galvantula. But if you can bait with a Thunder Punch, you can get to that next move a lot quicker, which means you can outpace, which is really, really handy in a meta like this where everything is so glassy. Right. And I just want to throw out there, I love the choice of Pyroar. If you don't have a Litleo that you want to XL, Pyroar is a fantastic choice. It does pretty much all the same things. It has Fire Fang instead of Ember. Uh, it also has Flame Charge, just like Litleo does, and runs Dark Pulse instead of Crunch. So Litleo XL, the better choice, but not by too much. Pyroar can still do a lot of work. Especially since you are doing most of your damage with those fast moves. You're not really relying on the charge moves at all. Exactly. I also want to talk a little bit about my team that I ran. I was trying. I failed, but I tried. I tried for the Alolan badge where you just run Alolan (laughs) variants. So my team consisted of Alolan Raichu, Alolan Sandslash, Alolan Ninetales, Alolan Geodude, Alolan Graveler, and Alolan Muck. I did not have an Alolan Golem that was ready to power up. I do now since it's after Community Day now. But at the time, I just used my Hundo Alolan Geodude that's at level 50. My whole team has one common denominator, though. My whole team has a big Vigoroth problem. (laughs) Vigoroth completely demolishes most of my team, even the Alolan Raichu, because Vigoroth just needs to land. Um, It can go for a drill run and just one shot Achoo. It's kind of a problem. Even the body slams add up really, really fast, and Alolan Raichu's really squishy. So since Vigoroth and really any counter user um, is good against this team, like Heracross especially does really, really well. So that was a problem. So pretty much every team I lost to counter users. But it was a good, it was a good effort. I did my best. Um, and I'm pretty proud that I still won two of my rounds. What about your faction, DeFi? I am so proud of us. The Queen Bees won our first bout, which was super exciting. We beat the CLE Escavaliers 11 to 9. So be sure if you're not checking out the Queen Bees on Twitter, um, be sure to look us up. We're posting um, information, kind of our MVPs, stuff like that. This week, we're up against SoCal Swablu Blue, uh, which has a lot of fantastic battlers on it. A couple I recognize right off the bat are Sassafras, Meshack, and RC Cola 95. I'm really excited to work with my teammates and try to do another week. All right, let's move on to our deep dive. We've got a double slap of a deep dive today. Uh, the first slap is our coverage of regionals. So, so many people are looking to play a regionals competition coming up. We've had Indianapolis recently. You all know about that one. We've got Ohio coming up very soon. When is that, Devi? 
So the Ohio tournament is at the end of June. I believe it's June like 23rd, 24th. Vancouver is this weekend. Um, as we're recording this, it's upcoming. Just lots of lots of really exciting stuff. Yeah, so we wanted to just take a bit of a snapshot of where the Open Great League Bring Six meta is going at the moment so you can prepare a little bit for that if you are thinking about giving it a go. All right, so... The current meta fish, Araquanid, completely tears things upside down. Tell me about it. Yes, yeah, so Araquanid. So, like, Open Great League was a little bit more open until Araquanid hit the scene. It's kind of polarized the meta a little bit more. Um, it beats so many of the things that have been considered good for Great League. So it absolutely walls a wall rain. It completely takes care of a Swampert, particularly if it's not running Sludge Wave. It beats all the fighters, even though Metacham is flippable, but generally takes care of that. It will beat a lot of the Darks, so like Sableye it doesn't have much of a problem with. It really only worries about Flyers, Ghosts, and Registeel. So because of that, there's basically been, what I've seen has been a bit of like a square appearing of, of uh, you know, everything within the square countering each other. So uh, because of Araquanid, the biggest and best counter has been Redisteel with the Zap Cannon. So Redisteel has become more important than it already was. And because of that, I've seen Nidoqueen come back into prominence a little bit more. It was starting to suffer because of all the wall rains and swampets around and the metachams that could take care of it with Ice Punch and Psychic. And because of Nidoqueen coming back and being important again, Swampert or Wall Rain, both great counters to that. And of course they get countered by the Araquanid at the start of the circle again. Square? No, it's a square. We'll stick with the square. Metacham is one of the tried and true Great League Pokemon. It has been around since the beginning of Great League, has got even better once it was able to get to level 50. Very, very safe Pokemon. Does a lot of great work with its counter fast move, and you can run a wide variety of charge moves on it. However, a Ice Punch is something I see very common as well as Psychic. But hey, you could do some Power Up Punch. You could do some Dynamic Punch. There are other options in there. Plus Psycho Cut too. Ooh, you could run Psycho Cut as a fast move. It's very spicy, but really interesting. If you want to counter a Metacham, Sableye and Mandibuzz are probably your best bets. Uh, consider Jellicent as well. Out of all the Pokemon that we've talked about so far, uh, Araquanid, Registeel, Nidoqueen, Swampert, Walrein, Metacham, Jelly beats five out of six of them. Jellicent is so thick, it can tank a Zap Cannon from Registeel. Alolan Marowak, very prominent Pokemon right now because it's being featured in the Alola to Alola event. Also very good and is a great counter to Metacham. Can also beat five of those picks that we mentioned earlier. It does get hard countered by the Swampert. That's the only thing that you got to worry about. Uh, Cofagrigus is another really interesting one. It can beat all six of those big Pokemon that we've mentioned if they're all non-shadows. So I believe it loses in general, to the Shadow Wall Rain. But I think that's the only one it loses to. That's off the top of my head. If they are all non-shadow, Koffer does beat them all. 
It is less polarizing though. For example, a Jellicent will wall the Swampert and Walrein, but Cofagrigus isn't walled. Even though it does beat them in general, it's a lot closer and definitely flippable. Another important Pokemon, Trevenant. Even though the Walrein Trevenant core is a little less popular now that Araquanid is crawling around out there uh trevenant is still very popular it can one shot a swamper and is a big wall to registeel can also beat wall rain if it has a lead or maybe some sneaks denials shields there are some situations where trevenant can beat wall rain uh shadow claw and shadow ball provides wonderful both fast move and charge move pressure balance so many of the ghosts we just talked about sableye <laughs> kofagrigus trevenant all of these ghosts are threatening, so a good dark type might be really important. We've already mentioned Sableye and Mandibuzz, which do a really good job of beating Metacham, a counter user. Sableye really walls a Metacham, beats it really badly. Umbreon is another solid dark type. It's fantastic. Another very common kind of tried and true pick in the Great League. Scrafty is a wonderful fighter and can one shield through Registeel. Uh, Fish, I was wondering, so you went to the Perth Regionals. Would you recommend that people go to a regional tournament if they have one in their area or maybe start getting excited for next season? I would absolutely recommend going. It is a a wonderful experience, uh, especially if you know people in the PvP scene. Um, Getting to meet some of those people in person is is it's just really fun and then there is something i guess electric about seeing your opponent as you're battling them a lot of people actually walked away from the silver arena scene when everything went online to discord rather than in-person tournaments and i i understand that even though i wasn't one of those people like i do get that idea that it's just not the same contacting someone on discord and battling them without being in the same room as them. Definitely. I think when I cast it in indie, I used the word electric to describe <laughs> yeah. the feeling. And it there's really not another word for it. So I'm really looking forward to the stream for Vancouver that's coming up. I think the casters that they chose are going to do a really great job. And I'm looking forward to going to NAIC myself, the North American international champion and i'm already looking forward to next season i'm hoping for bigger tournaments more tournaments i think it's going to be really great so fish are you ready to move on to the second half of our double slap today i am and it is the forge cup the silverina meta for june it is a point-based meta DeFi. these things come around every now and then and i feel like they're quite unpopular when they come around i think they're good. Like, I, I do prefer the type-based metas that they do most often, but I do think these point-based ones or anything that kind of plays with a different way of approaching team building, I think they are important to do every now and then just to break things up and improve players' skills in other areas. Ghost Stadium does a point-based meta pretty regularly called the Cliffhanger, and this reminds me a lot of that. But I'm really excited to see how this Forge Cup is different and what differences it is going to bring. So in the Forge Cup, each Pokemon gets a different point value, and you have 17 points to spend on your roster. There's eight points, four, two, and one point categories. There are no zero point categories, so you have to factor in 
all 17 of your points into your six slots, which is really going to limit the amount of different combinations there are. Only the Pokemon that are on the list are eligible. The bands, I think, are really interesting because they banned all of Hoenn. The entire Hoenn region Hmm. is just banned. (laughs) Every single one of them. As well as Megas and any Pokemon with a Dark Dragon or Steel typing. The Pokemon on the eight-point category list. Now, we're not going to go through every Pokemon that's eligible because that is a very long list, but we will just give you the eight-pointers and then give you the top five Pokemon for each of the other tiers based on the PV Poker rankings currently. So the eight-point list is a Bombasnow, a Raquanid, a Zumarill, Chansey, Cofagrigus, Cresselia, Diggersby, Frostlass, Jellicent, Lickitung, Nidoqueen, Alolan Ninetales, Talonflame, Tapu Fini, Trevenant, and Wobbuffet. So those are going to be the most sought after Pokemon. They're the best, but that means they're really expensive to choose. So maybe you're going to focus more on the four pointers or the two pointers instead. The top four pointers are Ninetales, both the shadow and the regular one. Pidgeot, Noctale, Snorlax, and specifically Shadow Awak, like I mentioned earlier when we were talking about regionals, kind of the new interesting pick in the Great League. Taking a look at our two-pointers, we have Orangaroo, Shadow Zapdos, Luxray, Alolan Graveler, and Alolan Golem. So the Alolan region getting a little bit of love here in the two-point category. Alolan Golem, you might remember, just got a lot of love with a Community Day move of Rollout. So be sure that that is the move that you have on your Alolan Golem. Taking a look at our one-point pick, so maybe some less popular Pokemon. We have Piloswine, Litleo, Cantonian Muck, both the regular and the shadow version here would work, as well as Samurott and Beware. So... Okay, you've got these 17 points to play with. What are the different combinations of points that you can take a look at? So if you really want to use an eight-point pick, then you can go one eight-pointer, a four-pointer, a two-pointer, and the other three Pokemon can be one-pointers. You can also go an eight-pointer, four two-pointers, and a one-pointer. If you don't have to have the absolute top cream of the crop Pokemon on your team, which is perfectly fine. You do not have to do that. You can go with three four-pointers, a two-pointer, and two one-pointers. Or you can go two four-pointers and four two-pointers for the absolute most balance amongst your team. Of course, you don't even have to do that. You can go all one-pointers if you want. That is up to you. And I have seen people make perfectly viable teams using all of the lowest tiers available to them. Excellent. You know, it's not that you have to get as close to 17 points as possible. You can go in with just six points. It's not blackjack. (laughs) No. (laughs) So like we mentioned, there's only really a few ways to get those eight point picks in there. So don't focus on them. You're only going to see one on a team. At best. At best. You might not even see one. You could go with that very balanced team we talked about with two fours and four twos. Mm. So you're going to see a lot more of those four-point picks and the two-point picks than you will see of those eight-point choices. Another recommendation, rather than looking at a core of two Pokemon, another thing you could look at is what roles do you need to fill on your team? Like putting in, for example, a flyer, putting in a confusion user, putting in a 
charmer on your team. Looking at those different roles to play instead of specific Pokemon cores might help you to build out your team. No dark Pokemon around means that ghosts are pretty safe. When I've taken a look at some of the good picks, a lot of what comes up tends to be ghosts. When countering the ghosts, normals are probably your best bet. No, not probably. They are absolutely your best bet. Things like Lickitung with its normal typing and Lick damage for super effective. Wigglytuff with its normal typing as well makes a fantastic ghost killer. And there's a few other Pokemon on there that are quite viable and have that normal typing or subtyping. Beware is another one. Orangaroo. So consider those. What would you say would be your top three picks out of the whole Forge Cup meta? What are the top three Pokemon to keep your eye on? Well, okay, I will give the caveat that these are only very preliminary looks through the meta. I haven't done any practice tournaments yet. I'm thinking of seeing if I can get a practice cup going in the Palatown Discord directly after this recording. But having said that, the first three Pokemon that have stood out to me so far are... Shadow Alolan Marowak, Oranguru, and Samurott. So AWAC beats the other ghosts. I think it needs Hex to comfortably beat the other ghosts. It resists the Charmers and handles the grasses very easily. And taking a look at some of these Pokemon that are in the eight and four point tiers, a lot of them do get handled by that fire and ghost typing. Oranguru resists ghosts. It is a psychic type that resists ghosts because of that normal subtyping. And it provides some of that dark damage. So it, I think it's fantastic value for a two-point Pokemon. And speaking of good value, Samurott, it's a one-pointer, but I think it's very underrated, not just in this meta, but in any meta. I think Samurott's quite good. I think the thing that makes it better than what it seems like on PB Poke is because, yes, from a standing start, it will lose to a lot more Pokemon than something like a Swampert would. But if you're willing to maybe go down a shield or, or you've already got an energy lead or something like that, it's a Pokemon that, because of its very fast energy-building Fury Cutter, you can come out of a lot of matchups with residual energy, which help you to either, you know, even up shields again against the next Pokemon or just help you to beat that next Pokemon where it wouldn't normally do so in The Sims. And with that, I think that's a wrap on our deep dive of the regionals meta and also the Forged Cup. Fish, what is going on in Pallet Town right now? Uh, so I just want to mention a couple of shout outs. We've got a, a channel in our Discord called Trophies and Achievements. A couple of people have posted in there some of their awesome achievements. Dark Ice 17 in the last week reached a thousand great league wins all time, which is an amazing accomplishment. So much time would have been spent on that. And Fang Dracul just earned their very first Pikachu Libre. Finally got to rank 20, almost getting to the end of the season. They did make the rank 20 and got that Libre. I'm very proud of them. Awesome. I don't have too much going on right now. I made a TikTok account. I haven't posted anything on it yet, but I think I'm going to start following people, kind of making it known, commenting on stuff. Uh, but I'll put some content out on it pretty soon, I think. Got to do a little bit more setup. I wanted to do some TikToks during the GoCast meetup, but we were so busy. <laughs> I, I can imagine. Time. 
It was so much fun. I'm sure Chris and Kyle talked about it earlier, but it was a ton of fun. But we were just go, 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 go the whole weekend. So I didn't really have time to sit down and kind of figure out how TikTok works. (laughs) Also want to mention, we've got a few really, really cool streams coming up on the Pallet Town YouTube and Twitch channels. We've got our complete breakdown of Forge Cup happening on, this is all in US Eastern time. So our complete breakdown of Forge Cup, myself and Lyle Jeffs III, will be just going through as many Pokemon as we can in a few hours. Uh, so that'll be on 31st of May at 9pm. That is a Tuesday night. We've got the Gym Breakers World Cup semifinal on Wednesday the 1st at 3 in the afternoon US Eastern Time, and that is between Canada and Peru. I have not seen Peru in there yet. I'm really interested to see how they do. Uh, they have Escombrura on their team, who was one of the first ever continental champions. We also have, we've done team building streams for regionals with past champions such as Lurgan Rocket and Aeris. <laughs> This time on Monday, the 6th of June at 7.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern, we've got one with King. So King agreed to come on Palatown and uh, answer some questions about team building. If you want to send in a team to get it analyzed by King, uh, get in touch with me on Discord. You'll find the link in the show notes and we'll give that team to him and see what he says. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really happy that we managed to get that. King is such yeah. a great guy. That's so cool. He is. He's awesome. And finally, we've got The Ring. That's the next night, 7th of June, 9 p.m. U.S. Eastern. Conky is our current champion, and he is defending his title against five new competitors. Some of them are GoCast listeners, so I'll be excited to see them battle it out. And with that, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for Fisher or for myself, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. In the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. So, For example, you could get the link to join the Pallet Town PvP server. It's free and sounds like it's pretty hopping over there right now. Yeah, it's building. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you next week. Thank you so very, very much, Fish and DeFi, for yet another wonderful PvP Corner segment. All right, Mr. Kyle, what section is it? This feels almost unnecessary given the the content of this section, but would you like to do it just for the sake Uh, of doing it? It's it's time for emails. And no voice. (laughs) And no voicemails. None to speak of. Okay, so Kyle and I were like putting this episode together and we're trying to make it shorter. Um, And I did see a bunch of emails roll in this week, but we're going to be recording on Tuesday. So we are saving emails and voicemails and all that good stuff for this recording in a couple of days. So thank you so very much to everybody that did write in and things like that. You're not being forgotten. We're just going to pay it forward to the next episode or (laughs) a mailbag if necessary, which would be fun. It's been a while since we've done one of those. So I guess that's pretty much it. We're wrapping up. Uh, Mm -hmm. So just if you would like to send us an email or a voicemail, again, the voicemail line is 262-586-7717. The email is mail at gocastpodcast.com. If you forget any of this stuff, just go to our website, gocastpodcast.com. I think we have a contact us tab. You can, you can click. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, not our only, but our only active social media account, because that's the way to go. Yep. 
Uh, you can't tell me otherwise. I, I can't stand Facebook anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon, if you'd like to help support the show monetarily and also get access to our Patreon Discord, that's going to be through Patreon. That's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And then you can add a forward slash GoCast podcast or just Google GoCast podcast Patreon. And the $1 a month minimum is what it is for the uh, Discord. But if you would like to, you know, be above and beyond uh, the calling of just the Discord, there are plenty of folks that do so. So shout outs to our elite trainer tier patrons. Kyle, you know what? We had Mitch do this. Do you want to give it a try? Sure. All right. I'm excited. You've heard me do it at least twice before. Yeah, but I wasn't here for it. Shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Cyprian Bo, Daniel Zekwalker, Andrew Laurie, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin and Mimi, Sports, Sue and Ryan, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Motters, Lee, and William. Yeah, that's right. We added William to the list this week. I love that you did the aside with Sui and Ryan as well. <laughs> a lot of these people we had the the pleasure of meeting in person this past weekend, and it was wonderful. So thanks again to everybody that came out to the meetup and made it a special experience. We hope you had fun and enjoy those water bottles. <laughs> um, if you'd like to help support the show non-monetarily or you're looking for an additional way to do so, even though you have already pledged to the Patreon, you can, of course, just leave us a review on any podcasting infrastructure that supports that please do it helps us out immensely all right last things last kyle i know you're like geez can we wrap this up already i'm trying i'm trying we gotta set some goals we only have like 48 hours yeah so (laughs) so let's be a little conservative here huh all right um i need to finish the alola to alola special research because i haven't done that yet but i've already finished it twice twice yeah so so you earn it this was unclear to me really so let me just i guess explain this because somebody else might have the same question if you earned it by doing all the other island research uh you can purchase it a second time and do a different path is it you can can do the same path yes yes you can (laughs) how much is it again it's five dollars maybe i'll do that i might i did i I absolutely did yes you know what maybe maybe a complete alola to alola twice We'll see okay. how that goes. Twice. Alrighty. What um, else, sir? Man, I don't I don't have anything else going on right now. Maybe you um, can do some stocking up in anticipation of GoFest weekend a little bit in the next couple No, days. I'm very stocked. I just have to not spend it right now. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Two things then, because hopefully I make time for this. I need to make inventory space. If mm. GoFest actually is going to be intense, which I don't actually know if it will be, but it might. I'm at forty five sixty one out of five thousand. Let's say 2,500. So I'm going to transfer 2,000 Pokemon. Oh, uh, so Pokemon storage, not inventory. Yeah, Pokemon storage. Okay. My my items are good. I'm, I'm good. And do at least some go battle league tomorrow to make sure that I get the item. That way people can't yell at me. So get That's that I've done more PvP than Chris this season. So Secure the pants. Secure the pants. Get a belt. What rank are you currently right now? I don't like maybe 10. I just hit seven. Yeah. So you've definitely done more than I have. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 10. But I did do the Firefly GoCast Cup and, <laughs> and, and lost spectacularly. So uh, maybe that counts. No, it doesn't. Uh, so I've got for you Alola to Alola special research twice. 
uh, make storage space. You're currently at 461. You get to, you want to get to a, around 2500 and you'd like to do GBL day as well. Yep. Okay. For myself, I, I also would like to do go battle day. I'm looking to get one shiny. It doesn't matter what it is. One shiny before we record next. I've been pretty lucky. It's like every three days or so I get a shiny, which has been pretty sick. And I would like to, I want to bring my Pokemon inventory space down to about 4,500 total or sorry, 4,000 total. That's so I have to clear like thousand twelve hundred. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're right. You're what? 5,600 cap. Yes, I am. Your cap. Okay. So yeah, that one, I think that's going to be the big, that's going to be the big one for me. That's going to be difficult to do. Inventory space and restocking is relatively easy. So if I can knock that stuff out ahead of time, then this upcoming Tuesday, I can set like an actual GoFest goal. Like I'll have to recall that Haxorus goal I just made and you'll have to recall yours you made as well. Um, but I think that puts us in a good spot. Yeah. Yep. Two weeks of goal setting and preparation for GoFest. Oh, Sounds man. about right. <laughs> all right, Kyle. So thanks for recording in the middle of the day here. And thank you, dear listener, for listening all the way through uh, this slightly truncated episode. We'll see you in a couple of days. Until then, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.